rock and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you. And our guest tonight is Brennan Scarlett, outside linebacker. Brennan, thanks a lot for joining us. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me, Mark. Well, it's wonderful to have you, and I know we're coming off that tough loss to the Tennessee Titans on the road. Got the Green Bay Packers coming in this week, so uh, very busy week, no question about it. Um, and I, I talked – we talked with Anthony Weaver yesterday on the coaches' show, um, and I know there are a lot of things on defense you want to be doing better, but I want to start here because you guys are starting to get the ball out the last couple of games, so that's a positive, and I think that – Maybe you'd agree that's something you can build on. I mean, if that started to get going, those things tend to happen in bunches. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've put a lot of emphasis on uh, on our takeaways. Definitely after the first few games of not getting any, you know, we really practiced them with emphasis on that, you know, punching at the ball, uh, catching the interceptions when they're, when they're throwing to us. Um, and, you know, those, those really have the, the potential to change a game. And, and momentum is uh, – is is crazy like that where it can, it can completely turn a game upside down. So we know uh, we know the the potential of, of our takeaways. So really really focusing on that. Yeah, and it's something that hey, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback coming to town this weekend, and that's no easy task. But Aaron Rodgers has given the ball up at times. We just saw it last weekend. It's kind of one of those things where hey, you can take advantage of that, and there's that opportunity there in there. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think every week, regardless of who's out there, uh, regardless who the quarterback is, who the team is, I think that if if we as a defense do do the right things and and we're aggressive at the point of attack, uh, I think you know you always have the have the possibility of getting the ball out. So um, we'll definitely look forward to trying to do that this weekend. Brennan, you mentioned motivation and and cha- momentum, changing momentum on the field, but that block field goal. Um, the Justin Reed play against the Titans, you know, it just seemed like the momentum shift was palpable from that point on. How was it for you guys on the field when a big play like that happens on special teams? I would imagine it's even more amplified as players in the game, does it not? Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, especially uh, something like that, a blocked field goal, because, you know, we'll do that. We'll do that, uh, our field goal block play, you know, tens and hundreds of times and not get a block, right? Just because usually the kick gets up. But then that one time of continuing, because we're continuing to push and continuing to go hard on that play, you know, that one time it, it, it happens. And Jay Reed did a great job of, of getting jumping through it and getting the, the quick second jump up to, to block it. Um, you know, so, so definitely to your point, like it, it – you know, it gives us a spark on special teams, I think, which then sparks the whole team. And uh, it's something that we can, we can run with. So, you know, hopefully we, we do it again this week. All right, I'm intrigued by the field goal blocking play that you guys practice. So 
How often do you practice it? I remember Angela Blackson was really good at blocking kicks. Yeah. So is this like a competition? How often are you working on it? Have you I ever mean, blocked one in practice? <laughs> so we never go, we rarely, if no, we never go full speed at the field goal block in practice. Um, but we always track who gets off the ball first. Um, you know, just our technique is everybody in the right gap. You know, those are the things that we practice. But then even in games, like, you know, our coach Tracy, our, our special teams coordinator, Tracy Smith talks about it. It's, you know, we'll get two blocks on average. You know, we block two a year. You know, he can't tell us when or which ones it's going to be. But if we do our jobs and we go hard, the statistics tell us that, you know, one will go our way. So, you know, it's just one of those things like, you know, persistence is key. And it's a matter of just continuing to do your job to the best of your ability, how you've been coached, and, uh, and one will pop for you. Red and Scarlett joining us. Uh, Derek Henry is just amazing, and I know that you guys have had some good games against him, but obviously he had a, a monster game on Sunday. What makes it so difficult, Brennan? Because obviously you got to set the edge, but you got to be there inside. I mean, he, you know, if he finds a crack of daylight, he could be gone, and he's 240 and runs like the wind. Yeah, no, nah, he's, uh, he's a big back, and, um, you know, he runs, he runs well. Uh, I think that you know, they have an identity as an offense, you know, they know what they're trying to do and he's kind of fit into that identity and, and fits their scheme of, you know, they, they go to the outside, but once he sees that cutback, he hits it downhill and um, they'll force the, uh, the guys in the secondary to tackle. And, and that's just, that's one of the things you got to do when playing against uh, a back like that, you got to tackle well, which, uh, you know, we could have been better on Sunday. Um, and to your point, I mean, on top of being uh, of his size, like the guy's pretty fast. I think right. his high speed was twenty one point six or something on that uh, on that however long that touchdown run he had, mm-hmm. which is I mean that's that's crazy fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's impressive fast. So um, yeah, super talented. Yeah, I, I'm told that that's almost as fast as like a Tyrannosaurus Rex used to be able to run, which is pretty fearsome. <laughs> um, you just talked about it's not as fast as you though, Drew. That's not a Sometimes he just makes up facts, Brennan. That's what I've heard. I'm just saying. Uh, but you, <laughs> touched on, you just touched on it, the tackling. We heard from Romeo Cornell as far as gap control and all that stuff. Do you guys, even though it, it didn't go your way on Sunday in that regard, do you guys see a, turner be, a corner being turned in that regard in the weeks ahead, in the months ahead as the season unfolds? Yeah, you know, I think, I think so. I think in the past couple of weeks we, we've started to – to gel, not just as a defense, but as a team, uh, I think that we are improving. Obviously, you know, this last game was, was close. Uh, it didn't go our way, but, you know, this is a, a good team that we play. You know, Tennessee's a, a quality team, and, and we uh, we were right there. So, you know, I, I do think there's a there's a corner being turned, and I think that we'll just continue to build on it, man. That's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's all you can do is just keep, keep pressing and, and keep trying to build. Um, and, and every day, whether it's it's practice or uh, or an off day or, or the game, it's like you know just taking it one step at a time and doing what you can do uh, to get better. You know, I'm glad you brought it up that way because uh, you know here you are the last couple of weeks in the division, one and one, and and on Sunday back and forth, and could have been anybody's game that day. Uh, the record overall, I know you guys weren't yourselves early on in the season. 
Uh, how difficult is it as a player? Because I know every week's about going one and zero, no matter what. I mean, if you were six and zero right now, you're trying to win Sunday, go one and zero. How difficult is it as a player just to ignore all the noise, the record, just go for it on Sunday and try to get a win on that particular day? You know, it's. I think it's obviously it's it's much easier when you're when you're winning, right? We're mm-hmm. we're sitting at you know one and five right now. It's not where we want to be, but at the end of the day, I think that it. You know, it's it's important that us as a team, you know, we remain unified and and stay together and, and understand that, you know, the the best part about this season and the best part about what happened last week is that we got Sunday. This coming Sunday, we have another game. So, you know, let's do what we can with that game and let's step on that field and, and uh, play to the best of our abilities and let's get a win. And then let's do that. You know, two weeks after that, because obviously we got the five, but let's do that the following week. And, and I think that's, you know, just having that mindset is really, you know, that's what you have to, it's what you have to do in this, in this league. It's, uh, you know, understand that it's, it's an eight and eight league. It's, it's built that way. And so, you know, all you can do is just uh, bring your best, uh, bring out your best to the party every Sunday. Brennan Scarlett joining us right now. All right. So Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. And so did you, although you went to Stanford after you went to Cal. So, I mean, do you consider yourself – I mean, you are a Cal alum, right? Don't you have an undergraduate degree from Cal? I am a Cal alum, yes. So, so what, kind of, like, what kind of pride do you take in the, in the Golden Bear in you versus the Cardinal in you? Because I know the Stanford thing, you played football there, but it was also a grad school thing. So how do you, how do you negotiate all that internally, Brennan? You know, it took me a while. It, it really did. It was tough. You know, I got in my whole transfer thing. For So for the people who don't know, Cal and Stanford are rival schools. Right. So, you know, I got all type of names. Benedict Arnold was a name <laughs> that I was Supposedly <laughs> the guy well. who, from America, who the American dude who on the Revolutionary War went to the other side and he was with the right. Redcoats or whatever. That's what I was called, and I was transferring to Stanford. So I struggled with it, you know? I struggled with it. But today, I'm firm in saying I believe I believe Golden Blue, but I also believe Cardinal, man. Just two at the same time. And I don't know if Aaron Rodgers feels that way. He was – he transferred to Cal after he was – I think he was in junior college or something. So his track was a little inverse of mine. But, yeah, man, I got pride in both. Although I will say this, I will say this. This is an interesting little tidbit. Uh, So, you know, when Stanford, so, so, you know, the colleges, they always say, okay, good luck to so-and-so player in the league. Or we have eight, there's eight Cardinal players in the NFL. Or there's seven Golden Bears in the NFL. Stanford claims me as one of theirs. Cal no longer claims me as a player. Oh, never have I ever been on that list. Even though from 2011 until 2015, the blood, the sweat, the tears Mm. in that gold and blue. Mm -hmm. But hey, what can you do, man? What can you do? Claimed by somebody though. That's that's, (laughs) that's (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people aren't claimed by anyone in life, (laughs) Brennan. Last half. I could have both schools like, nah, we don't even know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Would, if you did it all over again, if you had to do it all over again, would you have just started at Stanford to begin with, or would you do it the same way? No, I wouldn't do it the same way. I, I loved my time at, at Cal. I had lifelong friends. Um, you know, really found myself there, understood, you know, helped me to understand, you know, the, the people who, you know, we don't hear from, those voices that get silenced in our country a lot of kind of understood that perspective there in Berkeley, California. And that's kind of where I, I molded my uh, my values and my views. And, and Stanford, you know, going there for the year, I'm, I wouldn't change that for the world either. I got lifelong friends there too and, and, and uh, met a lot of great people and learned a lot. So two great places. Well, if somebody was trying to decide where to go to school between the two, I mean, who better to talk to than you? <laughs> who, I'll I mean, you know the – I mean, the, the lay of the land and everything. Because Berkeley does have that, that it's more than a reputation. It's a tradition. It's heritage of, of uh, social uh, speaking out and, and just being out there with, with so many different kinds of opinions. And, you know, obviously Stanford, too, to a degree, but not the same way, right? Yeah, no, I, it definitely not to the same degree, at least not in my, uh, not in my ex- experience, but um, – but yeah, man. If if anyone ever needs, you know that that comparative <laughs> analysis, I got it. I'll put the side by side. We can start with the football programs and get all the way down to uh, <laughs> down to the food, to the parties. Like we could talk through it all. And just to back you up about the rivalry, they call it the game when they play. And there are a few games. Game. Yeah, the big games. There are a few the games game. around the country that have that kind of title, where it's just like this is the big game. You know, we don't need to call it anything else. You know, and. You've played for both sides in that game, which I obviously you played for both programs, but to have played in that game as big as it is in that part of the country for both sides is bizarre. I mean, that's just tremendous stuff. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But an uh, interesting piece on that. See, I dealt with a lot of injuries through my college career. And so I actually, when I was at Cal, never played in a big game. My oh. first big game wasn't until my fifth year at Stanford. So you are a Cardinal, see? It all worked out there. That's it. We've determined it. Hey, I wanted to ask you about this because you're a Portland native. You went to high school there, and I know that you uh, went back in the summer. Everything that's been going on in Portland, such a beautiful city. What can you tell us about what's gone on there, what's going on there? I know you've done things to help or try to help. What can you share with us about that, Brennan? Yeah, you know, I'm very proud of uh, my city of Portland, Um where I was born and raised. And, um, you know, I, I think that the people there, why I'm so proud of it is that the people there are so passionate um, about, you know, our, our country and, and the people who live here. And obviously the, the history here, there's, there's, you know, there's inequities. Some people get the shorts, have, have gotten the short end of the stick and, and haven't gotten a fair shake. And, you know, I commend my city of Portland for, for coming out and calling that out to the powers that be that it's not right and that something needs to change. And so when I was back there uh, during the off season and had the opportunity to go out and, and march and, and protest with, um, you know, with, with my, my people there and with my, my fellow community members, um, you know, I was, I was proud to be able to do that. So, um, you know, I, I love the city. It's a beautiful city. It's great food, great coffee great beer um so i uh definitely proud man and love the city if you haven't visited you definitely should 
Brennan, everything that was going on in Portland, Portland, all the unrest socially, everything, it sort of lined up right around the time you guys were reporting for training camp. So how hard was it? You're so active in the community, in, in the, the, the entire movement that was going on this offseason that we sort of watched from inside our homes during the pandemic. But then you come to Houston and you're away from your home city while all this is going on. Yeah. How hard was it to have to watch it from afar uh, once you got here? Yeah, it was that, that that piece was tough. Um, you know, I I started a, a foundation called the Big Yard Foundation a couple of years ago, and this off season, you know, spent a lot of time with that foundation and trying to figure out ways in which we can build a team and build committees and build a community where, you know, we once I leave and go, you know, and come to Houston and start playing football, that the impact doesn't stop, right? So you know, continuing to fundraise and to, to serve, you know, underprivileged youth and to get books in the hands of kids that come from, you know, from rougher backgrounds and might not be able to have access to those resources and uh, things of that nature. So really spent a lot of time uh, in the off season addressing that question in a way is, you know, how can I continue to make that impact once I leave, you know, the city um, and kind of keep the momentum going. And, and we found some ways. And so, uh, definitely, I mean, obviously during during um, you know times of trial like we've had, uh, you know, it's always you know it's good to be back home with uh, with family and friends. But you know, I, I, uh, we did what we could and did what we could to uh, to address it and, and continue to have impact while I was gone. Yeah, one of the ways in the past, and I'm sorry, I'm ignorant of, of what happened this year, but. In the past, I know you've done the, the dodgeball game. I don't think you were able to do it this year, but how did the dodgeball thing come about? Because a lot of guys will do uh, a gala. A lot of guys will do a dinner. Or a <laughs> dodgeball tournament, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah, the dodgeball, the big yard dodgeball tournament, man. Unfortunately, 2020, yeah. 2020 robbed us of the dodgeball tournament. Um, you know, we, we instead, we had a celebration uh, on Juneteenth which was kind of the substitute for that. And it was kind of all in the, uh, all fell right, kind of in sync with the movement. Um, but dodgeball came about because one, it's just a great sport. I used to play it in PE back in the day. It's just a great yeah. sport. And the Big Yard Foundation, we stand on pillars. The first literacy, you know, getting books in the hands of, of kids whenever we can. Physical wellness, and creativity. And so the dodgeball was kind of the physical wellness piece. It's like, we're going to bring the community together. We'll be active. We're going to get the arms warmed up, bring out local vendors. So we got, you know, we got the taco truck over here. We got the, the what we have, we have like some little Philly cheesesteaks over here. We got the, the coffee roaster here and it kind of all locally. So it's supporting our local economies. And, um, you know, it's really, it's really always been a good turnout and, you know, there's some bumps and bruises leaving the tournament, but it's uh, it's always a good time. Dodgeball not Corona friendly, huh? I mean, I guess yeah, it's hard to distance, and you're throwing an an, an object at somebody. It's a little tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, was there a was there a time when you thought this NFL season is in total jeopardy before training camp started? I mean, I guess it's always in jeopardy right now with coronavirus. We're getting through it one day at a time, but before everything got rolling, Brennan. Uh, that must have been very 
I mean, it's aggravating for everybody. Everybody's got their own Corona journey, right? But you as a professional <laughs> sure. football player, you have your own. So what was it like ramping up to the start of training camp? Honestly, I was not the most optimistic about the, the football season. Um, and I think, you know, I'm super proud of like, our league, period. And, you know, players, staff, coaches, I mean, like to limit the, the virus in the way that we have this year, I think is, is speaks a lot to the, to the discipline of, of guys and just, you know, willingness to, to do what we got to do to get the job done. But I definitely at first was not optimistic. I didn't think that it would make it this far, to be honest with you, but it has. And we're, I'm happy that it has. And uh, luckily, you know, when, when I was back, back home, I, my training regiment wasn't super uh, changed up. It didn't, um, changed too much as far as you know corona stuff goes I was still able to get access to a gym and I had my training group and, and have my guys that uh, pushed me every day and so I would train every morning pretty much so uh, from that perspective it, it really wasn't a, a huge shift uh, luckily gosh that had to be so strange absolutely strange Go ahead, DB. Brennan's downplaying his off-season workouts. I mean, you were you were getting some workouts in with some other, a few other players, socially distanced, of course. But like, a lo- was it a local high school you're working out? Yeah, yeah. You were posting yeah. regular videos. Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, and and name some of the other the other players? Obviously, your brother was one of them. Your brother was also uh, coming. Yeah, around. yeah. So I, um, so after my rookie year went back to Portland and I was at a physical therapy uh, center, training center, and um, Dominican Sue was there. Dominican is from, he was born and raised in, in Portland as well, mm-hmm. and we hadn't met up until that point before, but we met there and we talked a little bit. We had some mutual people. We had actually had a, a meeting with my dad before, and so um, he then invited me to come train with him and, and his group. Uh, the next morning out at Nike. Uh, and so I showed up to Nike that next morning at, at I think maybe 5.50 a.m. And basically been training with with him and uh, our trainer, Keith D'Amelio. And uh, my brother was with us last year, Karan Reed, who is now with the Jaguars, uh, is with us. Uh, there's been some some other guys in and out, but that's that's been the, the core of the group. And, uh, you know, it's been a, a great thing. You know, it's, it's competitive. Uh, we keep each other accountable. You know, it's the early mornings. It's, it's tough. I'm really not a morning guy, but I'm up there every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. And Lil Bro was too. He had to make the change as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's something I look forward to, honestly, every, every offseason. I love being in there with the guys. And it's really a kind of a team effort and, and carries through the season as well. Brennan Scarlett is with us, and we will get to some questions that are a little uh, off-field-ish. I know we've already touched on some off-field topics, but uh, we'll go way out because Drew's here, and that's what he does on occasion. So let's do that next on Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in Houston, with the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. 
It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G Nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! A study says that soft talkers do not make great radio personalities. We asked local librarian Steve Sage about this, and here's what he said. Honestly, I don't buy it. I think I make very captivating radio. Also in Obvious News, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to manage your policy with the Geico app. So switching is a really smart decision. How does Steve feel about this? I love the Geico app. I use it all the time. That's Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! We're back for more of the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. It's the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you. Brennan Scarlett is our guest. And uh, we've got some uh, a little roundtable here of some offbeat-type questions. But before we get into that, you brought up working out in the offseason. You mentioned Nike, obviously a Portland, Oregon kind of thing. If you're a Portland kid and you don't wear Nike, what happens? Like, this is like the Vatican in Rome or something. I mean, Nike in Oregon, how big is it? And uh, what, what, is, what is the commitment you must make as a resident, so to speak? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, growing up, so actually it's, it's interesting. Portland's an interesting place because it's actually home to a lot of different sports apparel companies. So Nike being the biggest, but Adidas is also headquartered there. Under Armour also has a corporate, maybe HQ2 there. And Columbia Sportswear is also located there, too. You're kidding. Yeah. So super interesting. We learned something today here on the Texans Players Show. This is nice. If you're looking to get into, like, the apparel or (laughs) sneaker industry, Portland is where where you should go. But, yeah, growing up, I mean, always there were, um, like, Nike execs sent their kids to my high school. And uh, so I kind of started to understand that culture there. But then I also had coaches who, you know, worked for – also worked for Adidas. And so they had, you know, Adidas cleats. And so I was kind of all over the place. But, like, Nike, I've always been – you know, I've always been – had an emotional connection to, to Nike. And just the story of it. Um, and my dad ran track. He ran ran for the Nike Sports uh, Nike Track Club back in the day. Steve Prefontaine. Yeah. So all the, whoa, whoa, whoa. The history. Was he a distance guy or was he a sprinter? No, nah, he was a sprinter. Okay. He was a sprinter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he actually ran in the um, the nineteen ninety six Canadian Olympic Trials in the hundred meters. He was the the oldest participant there. Um, But, yeah, so the kind of the track background, I really connected with with Nike and still to this day, Phil Knight and uh, and Track Town USA. I mean, so Nike uh, is definitely to the bone. Well, next time we have you on the show, I'll ask you what the best Prefontaine movie is because I think there are about three of them. And they make another one every year. Billy Crudup's in one. All right, who's next? That's the best one. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, I've got one for you, Brennan. Uh, one through five, let's rank the Scarlets. You got Brennan <laughs> Scarlet, you got Scarlet Johansson, you got the Scarlet Letter, you got Scarlet Fever, and the Scarlet Knights. One through five, where are they ranked? It's a lot of Scarlets there, man. Right. <laughs> so first, 
first, I'm going to put the Scarlets with two T's up at the top. So I'll go ahead and I'll just start with myself and then I'll move to Scar Scar Joe, as I know it. And then number three, who was the the, the Scarlet Letter? Scarlet Letter, the Scarlet Knights, and the Scarlet Fever. I'll put Scarlet (laughs) Fever Fever at the bottom. That was bad. That wasn't cool. Scarlet Knights, I'll put them right there next next to that bottom. And then I'll, uh, yeah, the Scarlet Letters. It's good literature right here. So that'll go through. Maybe. That's right. Boy, we got that done fast. I thought this was going to be a big debate. Scarlet Fever, yeah. though, pretty easy to rank lowest. That should, yeah. I, that should be in the others receiving votes category. All right, DP. All right. I loved watching your off-season dance videos with your sister. I feel like um, – that needs to be its own show. And the funniest wow. part of it was the fact that your parents just seemed like totally unaffected. It reminds <laughs> me so much of my family. Like everyone's yeah. just acting crazy and the parents are like, okay, yeah, they're just d- dancing all over the house. It's like a normal Tuesday. Um, so what would, what's your favorite uh, dance off song? What would it be? Ooh, favorite dance off song. Seems like you guys really um, got into the tunes, you and your sister. Yeah, so so that actually that I know. So we had a me and my sister. You know, when COVID, like when the whole like isolation, stay in your house thing started, that was kind of all it was. Once the Will's Friday hit, you know, <laughs> we're we're turning the music up loud, and we're 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 just we're chilling, we're hanging out, and and dancing is is a product of, of what comes from that. And so my sister and I, we found a song called Palmdale by Afro Man, um, which Afro Man, not a lot of people know Afro Man. He's West Coast. Uh, some of the music may or may not be inappropriate, but, you know, it's good. <laughs> appropriate good. for dancing, though, I take good it. Dance, good dance music, oh. good, good, just a good beat. And so I'll, I'll, have, to just, I'll have to throw that out there because I don't have any 80s, like, kind of uh, – funk music come, is, is coming to mind right now. No names of any songs. It was a lot of funk. Yeah, it, that, I do remember it being a lot of, like, it, was it spontaneous or would you guys be like, this is the time that we're going to have a dance off? No, nah, that was just, uh, I was just playing that song and I was just dancing around the, the kitchen and then she just set up the little, her little iPhone <laughs> and pressed record and, and that just happened. Listen, his, when mom, you say, his mom would be cleaning the kitchen, like, <laughs> and and be like, can you can you hand me that that plate over there? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, we like the continue the it. dancing. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I just I, I have Afro Man on my phone. I'm here. gonna I'm add Afro Man. So I have to look uh, this up now. Yeah, he did because I got high like 15, 20 years ago. So. Did he really? Thank you, True. Oh, oh that, well, look, Google everybody that. knows that song. I don't, know music. Google that. I don't know music well, but I remember that song. So. I was that... going to clean my room. <laughs> yes, yes, that was a huge I, – I, I don't know if you call that a hit, but everybody knows that song. It swept the nation. Yeah. But when yeah. you say funk, I think uh, George Clinton and Bootsy and Parliament and all that stuff. Cause, like, Bootsy cool. Collins. Yeah, there you go. All right. I love those dudes. Okay, Brennan Scarlett is with us. All right, so – I'm not going to ask you one thing, but give me a talent or two you wish you had, and you might develop. You might have, but you, you want to develop the skill that goes along with that talent. Uh, maybe you'll do it after you're finished playing or maybe during or whatever. Give me something uh, that you would like to work on and develop. I would love to – I'd love to be more musically inclined 
I feel like I know good music and I can I have the ear for it, but I don't know how to play the piano, the guitar. I can't really sing very well. I've kind of worked on my freestyle rapping, but I'm not great <laughs> at that. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. So in one of those categories, probably piano or guitar, I'd like to learn uh, at some point. Um, These are teachable skills, Brandon. These are coachable skills. Yeah, I just they, they take time and dedication. You know, you got to prioritize them. Yeah. Um, other than that, I would like I would really like to become fluent in another language. Mm. Uh, Spanish is probably what I'm closest to. That's only another language I really uh, I really know. Although I, I got pretty good at Portuguese when I was down in Brazil a couple years ago, but Spanish I'd like to become fluent or just learn another language off the wall and, and just learn how to speak that. So Drew lived in Barcelona for a while. And Madrid, he goes, Madrid. Oh, Madrid, sorry. That that's like, that's, that's, that's like confusing <laughs> Cal and Stanford. That's terrible. Uh, but uh, Portuguese is tough, man. Portuguese is hard no joke. compared to Spanish. All right, Drew, you're up. Well, it's funny, man. It, you brought up Colombia earlier uh, being based in Portland, so it, it fell right into the wheelhouse here. Which <laughs> of these would you choose if you could only have one and why? One of those Columbia pants that have the zippers at the knees that you can zip off and turn into shorts. <laughs> one of those floppy Columbia bucket hats that you can use when you're fishing. Which one is uh, the, the one you choose? I love hats, Drew, and uh, I'm going to go with the bucket hat. Okay. How big is that bucket, though? How big do you want it to be, big guy? Big guy? <laughs> <laughs> they have different sized buckets, huh? I would think so. They're a clothing company, so they got to have different sizes for different folks. I mean, I've got one of those big heads. It's like a big pickle jar, you know, that you, that you can buy at a – that you sell the big dill pickles out of at the concession stand. Yeah, yeah. That's now, I'm, right, I'm right there with you, man. I got a, I got a decent-sized noggin as well. But, <laughs> uh, I do like uh, – I, I like bucket hats, man, and, and the, the, the zip white pants, though. I don't mm. I don't know, man. I don't know if I got that in those. It'd go All well right. with your freestyle rapping career. The zip, the zip away pants, I think. Be a good look. I don't know. I no, don't they're know. not. You're thinking of like the, oh, the rip them up. No, these are yeah. like, you've got to unzip them. Sure. And it's a while to get off. These are they're not, like, not cool. You gotta no, take they're they're functional. They're not magic mic pants, Drew. I'm talking well, about like, Yeah, they're not magic mic pants. Not, we're not going there. All right, next up, uh, more with Brennan Scarlett, who is the uh, – the show's kind of on hiatus, B-Scar TV. We'll talk about that and some of the greatest moments in B-Scar TV history and also get his opinion on some TV personalities, national ones that he may like or maybe not. I don't know. We'll continue the conversation with Brennan Scarlett here on Texans Radio. The Big Finish is up next. The Texans Players Show continues in a moment. Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer, DB Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Brennan Scarlett is our guest, and uh, we are talking about bucket hats and funk and other things somewhat unrelated to football. As the Texans take on the Packers on Sunday at NRG Stadium at noon. Uh, but something I brought up before the break here, Brennan, you were hosting Beast Guard TV, and this was a very good program. 
Very good program. Interviewing players in the locker room. We're just not doing it this year um, as an organization. But can you share with us uh, some of your favorite memories of BSCAR TV, which we hope to bring back at some point post-corona? Hi, Cole. Yeah, man. It's, it's been tough. It's been tough. No BSCAR TV. You know, we, we had the pilot, the pilot season last year. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't quite make it through the, the, the filter. You know, the budget cuts and everything, B-Scar TV kind of just, you know, it took it took the short end of the stick here. But last year, B-Scar TV was uh was it was fun. We had some we had some good guy, we had some good guests, some high quality guests on the show. Uh, you know, and, and I can't even just give you one specific moment because they were just all so great. Who do I you have like? Some. All right, go ahead, DP. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think anytime Brennan, you were singing, that was a favorite moment. We had like mm-hmm. go-to karaoke songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, I think you have a side career in karaoke singing when this is all done, like R and B. You and the linebackers, great. Uh, I think um, when I learned that Kenny Stills cried when he watched the Notebook and didn't realize it was the Notebook until it went to commercial, oh. might have been my other favorite. So I didn't even see that episode. <laughs> You got stuff out of players that we normally wouldn't see from them. That was my favorite part of it, was because they kind of opened up to you in a way that we don't ever see them open up. Yeah, I, for sure. I want to see it come back too. My favorite part was whenever you interacted with Kenny Stills because of the way you say his first <laughs> name. Can you do that for us right now? Can I? <laughs> you don't, I don't know, know this, a- but we all do that now. I don't think Kenny knows this either, but when we're talking about it, we all say, Kenny. And I forgot I that that's where that. that came from. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't know that you guys did that. And like I it. got that from, uh, so there's a cartoon called The Proud Family that was uh, used to be on back when I was a kid. And the, the main character, her name was Penny Proud. And <laughs> one of her family members used to call her Penny. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys, you'll have to look, uh, you'll have to look up the Proud family. Now, that, was, that was a good show. Mark, if Kenny scores a touchdown, can you just promise uh, us that that will be part of the call? Well, see, no we'll one's going to get it on the radio, you know, the radio listening audience. Like, get it. I'll be like, inside joke. You had to see B-Scar TV. Here, let's play a clip from the episode. I mean, I have to do all that while the ball's in the air. See? And no, it's just going to be very difficult. You just do it because it's a cool way to say it. You can't just say Kenny after that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll try something, man. He makes some big plays. He picked up a big P.I. the other day that was huge. Yeah. I mean, oh, you man. know, it's almost like all four of those guys, Brennan, uh, I think we're one of three teams in the league that has four receivers who have had 600-yard or better seasons, right? And, I mean, it's just – it's a great group. The uh, uh, Cobb, Cooks, and Fuller, the other three guys all get into the end zone. Kenny, it's what it was as good as getting into the end zone when you get a ball spot at the one because of a P.I. That's a pretty strong group right there. For sure. Super talented. Those guys, you know, their attention to detail is great. They got good camaraderie too. Um, yeah. We're definitely lucky to have those guys. Um, one more thing on the uh, Beastcar TV. Uh, you watching television, what do you watch? Do you watch any of those interview shows? Do you watch Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon? Or do you watch – is that not a thing that you're interested in? Like, who are some of your influences for Beastcar TV? Hmm. 
Uh, I like Fallon. Fallon does a pretty good job. I would say uh, I think Strahan. Strahan is he, he's very good at what he does. He's kind of paving the way, if you if you will, for for a guy like myself. Um, and I would say Dwayne Johnson, man. He's he's really the epitome of it all. To go, you know, football player, and then to go into entertainment the way he's done it, and now astute businessman as well with the XFL investment. You know, that guy's uh, super talented, and and it seems like I've never met him, but it seems like a genuinely good guy as well. I think he's one of those guys who is impossible not to like. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. likes him. Certain guys just sort of burst off the screen, and he's just so likable. And I think that goes a long way when you're an entertainer. For sure, for sure. Yeah. He seems to have a really strong team around him too, which I think is important. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so you're getting ready for the Packers, and take us through uh, a little bit of what you usually do. I know Tuesdays are very different right now with coronavirus, but like how you're handling the game week now, because uh, I know you guys don't really meet in the big team auditorium and stuff like that like you used to. How is the routine different for you during this season? Uh, the biggest difference this season is that we virtually meet after practice. Uh, before practice, we're still meeting in the bubble. We're not in the actual team auditorium. We're actually in the indoor practice facility, and we'll do our, our team meetings, our special teams meetings, and position meetings in there. Then our practice is, is really similar. It's pretty much the same. And then just after practice, we uh, shower up and, and go, go home or go wherever people go. And uh, they, we zoom for a couple hours in the evening. So that's that's just the biggest difference is that that evening uh, Zoom call. Wearing a mask. Like, so is this like pretty easy for you? I mean, look, I wear one. We all wear them when we have to, right? So let's just accept that. But like, I can't stand it. Like, it's, I can't get used to it. How are you dealing with that? Are you like, I'm okay with it. It's fine. Or like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait till this is over. I guess we all can't wait until this is over. But what is your level of acceptability and tolerance for masks? You know, man, I, I despise the mask, Mark, <laughs> honestly. I do not like the mask. I wear it because it's going to keep us all safe. Right. So I wear it. I don't like it. As soon as I can take it off, it's, it's coming off. Yep. See, that's an honest answer. I love that because I feel exactly the same thing. I mean, I get outside, it's just like, I'm free, I can breathe. Feels so yeah. good. I mean, and you want to have your little, you want to have the little nose sticking out over your mask, but. Oh, you know, they don't like that. They don't like, <laughs> you they don't like having the little nose poking out, man. You got, I thought of something, nose. though. I thought of something, Brennan, a snorkel. You know, like, if I had a snorkel, like I'm going scuba diving, is that allowed? Probably not. I don't nah, know. you can get droplets in that snorkel, though. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. If I had, like, a little roof on it, I don't know. But it would double as a form of birth control, too. So. <laughs> uh, hey, Brennan, Aaron Rodgers coming to town. Where does Aaron Rodgers rank in the pantheon of quarterbacks? Uh, he's definitely one of the best uh, doing it now. Um, I mean, I, I, we, we played him in the preseason, practiced against him a little bit um, for those days that we went up to, to Green Bay. Really talented. Um, he, he's 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 athletic. Um, he's, he's has more athletic ability than, than people get him give him credit for. He can escape the pocket, uh, and he has he has a hell of an arm. And so, um, 
you know, it'll be it'll be important this week to to be disciplined and, and be aggressive and, and get after them. All right. Uh, fond memories of that Green Bay trip or no? Because that was kind of a, a different experience having that training camp visit to Green Bay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Nice weather. Better than here in the summer. Yeah, for sure. The Green Bay trip was, was okay. I didn't That's mind. Like a million years ago that we have practices. And that was just last year. It's so hard. Uh, it's hard to even envision that right now. Mm-hmm. 2020 happened. 2020. Mm. I did. I, I do understand why they why it's named Green Bay though. Why is that? Because I mean, so our hotel was sitting right on this little body of water, and it was green. And that was <laughs> Green Bay. The Green Bay. The water's green. Brandon, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us. We really appreciate the visit. Best of luck against the Packers this weekend. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Brennan Scarlett joining us on the Texans Player Show. Texans All Access next on the flagship and many of these Houston Texans stations that you might be listening to right now. Have a great night and go Texans. This is Texans Radio. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. 